SMQBs. This is episode 63. We have NFL draft coverage. Like you wouldn't believe we've got winners. We've got trades. We've got losers. We look back to show you what a crapshoot the draft is. We got an NHL playoff preview, sort of, uh, an NBA playoff update, and then talk about the losers of the NBA playoffs so far. And then we get right into our punchable faces of the week and some great Ted Lassos. Check out the show. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. Have fun. SMQBs, this is episode 63. All right, uh, this number 63, he actually died at age 63. He was a two-time Super Bowl champ, three-time first-team All-Pro in 70, 74, and 77. Five-time second-team All-Pro. He had to be a Dolphin. Had to be a Dolphin. He was not a Dolphin. He could be a Steeler. Entire be a career Steeler. one team. It's not the Steelers. It's the Oakland Raiders. He's probably better known, Jack at Hamm. least to the people on this call, <laughs> for, for what he did after leaving the game, uh, the actual field coach. of play. He was a coach. No. Uh, okay, look, it's it's uh, Gene Upshaw. I really want to talk about house buying a $100 million receiver and having no quarterback to throw him. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just get to that? Can we please skip over this and get to that? You are out of your mind. <laughs> oh, I love that his audio went out at this oh, point. He's so excited. He just pulled his he audio out of his, his mic. <laughs> he just yanked himself. He's so excited. <laughs> no, sorry. That's a shame. Oh, wow. that's that's too bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, as the Toronto Raptors announcers would say, you get what you deserve. But we're later on that. <laughs> nobody, on punchable face. Nobody else thinks this is atrocious. What did you say? Uh, there you are. You're back. There you're you, back. You paid a hundred million dollars for a wide receiver. and You have nobody to throw the ball to him. Interesting. I, I, I love that you're excited about the NFL <laughs> season and your quarterback. You know that our quarterback. Oh, no, 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 wait, well, they wait. have Sam Howell. They're all set. Don't I worry said, about it. I hey, Car Hill. <laughs> okay. I said okay. nothing I, about being excited about my own team. That we, that is immaterial. He's, he's excited na- for the demise of your team. Jalen's yes. a national champion and a pro bowler, but he, we'll he, get to that he later. He is a national champion. Nace has the best quarterback in the NFC East. He, he says so. Who? He says so. Who? Very possible. Nace. Commanders. Hey now. I love that we're t- able to talk about NFL again, though. Obviously, it's what drives us. Yeah, it's back. I mean, Rooster, you were lining up the uh, draft prospects from I, I think like back in December. Um, maybe, maybe it was even October when you started looking forward to the draft this year. He's and what, what, what did I say? What did I say I wanted from the Giants? Either Evan Neal or Icky at offensive tackle. And Thibodeau or or Sauce on defense, and look what we got, baby! I'm so psyched. Neil mm. Thibodeau. Mm. Mm. <laughs> if only Danny Dimes wasn't. Uh, are your quarterback. you? I heard this interesting story that Thibodeau is distracted by his chess playing. Uh, Thib- are, 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 apparently, are you, the Texans wanted to take Thibodeau at three, 
and and called him and told him they were taking him and then messed up. What? Took Derek what? Stingley and yes, that's that story. Possible? That, that story came out about five minutes ago. What? What happened? They made a mistake. The Texans wanted to take him at three, called him and told him they were definitely taking him, and then they turned around and picked Der- Derek Stingley. Who put in who, his picks? Who put who in their picks? Steve who Harvey. Ha- who hasn't been good since 2019? I and mean, Sauce Gardner was still on the board. So what were they? What good were job, they, Texans. They, holy shit! Wow, there's got to be more to that. Was well, remember the hard? time the Vikings missed the 10 minute cutoff and just didn't get a pick? Yeah, I mean, there are some people who don't know what they're doing. Rooster, I think wow. you should be a GM. I I would love to do that. Well, you're better than your last GM, but you finally have a good one now. The new one is great. I think. I mean, I thought so after the first round. Come second round when we need a cornerback and trade down and pick a wide receiver I've never heard of, I started to have my doubts. Mm. <clears throat> if, if you haven't heard of him, then that's not good. Have you guys ever heard <laughs> of him? Player. Who was it? Uh, what was his name? Wandale Robinson. Kentucky. Oh, Wandale Robinson. Oh, Kentucky Tennessee. receivers work Hello. out great. Ask, ask Bison about that. Yeah. 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 Well, he might be okay for the third or fourth round, but we we traded down and took him in the second round after letting the linebackers and the cornerbacks we need pass by. So I don't get it. But anyway, I digress. Well, Rooster, let's stop focusing on your team because you have no future either. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about some of the winners and losers, as you saw it uh, the other night. I'll tell you, man, for for what everybody leading up to this draft was saying, what a ho-hum draft, you know, because there's no quarterbacks. A ton of teams got a lot better in this draft. I mean, there are some big time winners in this draft. Um, I mean, you start with the Jets. Yeah. The Jets got three first round draft picks. They got the best cornerback in Sauce Gardner. They got arguably the best uh, wide receiver in Garrett Wilson and the third best edge edge rush, rusher on the board with a 26 pick, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, how did that guy fall down to 26? I can't. I don't get it. Crazy. Then, then in the second round, they get maybe the best running back in Brees Hall. I mean, the Jets crushed it. They just, they really did. The Ravens crushed it. The Ravens trade up to 14, and Kyle Hamilton is still there because teams like the Commanders screwed up and passed him by. I don't get that either. He's the next, does, Ed, next Ed Reed. How does Kyle Hamilton last until 14 when all year long everybody's saying he's top? four or five pick the then the Ravens get the best center in all of football and probably in a two decades, Tyler Linderbaum at 25. And in the second round, they get David Ajobo or Jabo, David Ajabo, who would have been number three edge if he hadn't gotten hurt during a, his pro day. Um, that's a great draft for the Ravens, the giants. You know, we just talked about Thibodeau and Neil Eagles crushed it the eagles i i mean i have a i have some, i have some doubts oh, about jordan. Oh, oh, look oh, i got oh, some oh, doubts oh. about jordan davis because uh, you guys saw as a uh, mountain you, yeah but you saw um the the espn guy showing some footage of him just completely gassed at the end of uh end of the game bad. against alabama where he could be barely was just standing there leaning on the offensive tackle trying to block him he needs to get in better shape, but he's a mountain of a man. I do think they 
traded up. You tell me if you disagree with this house. They traded up to 13 to take um, Wilson, Jamison Wilson. And Jameson the Lions apparently, that's not, apparently that's not the case. No, they because traded up to get Jordan Davis. They've traded up to get Jordan Davis thinking the Ravens were going to take him because the Ravens, uh-huh. somebody, Clay Campbell confirmed that by t- by tweet by tweeting, you got our guy. Uh, they jumped that. And at that point, they basically already had lined up the A.J. Brown trade. Mm-hmm. So, got, they, so they got A.J. Brown. Yeah. One of the better wide receivers in all of football. For they 10 they, games, they, 10 they, games they, a year. Yeah, right. They draft a center to replace Kelsey and Cam Jurgens, And then this one, this is the second one that blows my mind. How the hell does Nakobe Dean drop to the 83rd pick? And why do all these teams pass him? The, and, and the Eagles were smart enough to get him. That is a tremendous value pick right there at number 83. I, I give the Eagles an A just for that. Because it doesn't matter if he doesn't play all of next year. That's a great pick at 83. And then so happy. the Lions, the Lions get the Lions gave their pick to Goodell 60 seconds after, after the freaking Jaguars picked Trayvon Walker, who, Told you. who didn't do shit in college. Let's face it. The guy isn't, the guy is not a number one pick. I don't oh, get that Jaguars. pick at all. Oh, I don't Jeff, get that at all. Aggressive to say he's, be, he's being picked as I a mean, pass rusher and he's, <laughs> and he, and he never sacked anyone in college. So as soon as the, as soon as the uh, Lions saw that, pick go down they practically knocked Goodell over giving him their pick and apparently the NFL's pissed at the Lions for not taking long enough to give them all the build-up time to make a big drama out of it the other team that ran right up there that that fast was the Ravens when Kyle Hamilton was still on the board so you know that shows you something it's like they can't believe holy shit these people didn't take this guy so the Lions did well in the Chiefs for a team that's been in the AFC, AFC uh, championship game, what, three, four years in a row? Four Chiefs, years, yeah. The Chiefs get like the number three or four cornerback. They get George Karloftis at edge, who for most of the year this year, people were projecting to be the number three or four edge. I think he's just a little too slow for that. And then they get Sky Moore, who's my favorite pick of the draft. I think I'm picking Sky Moore in Fantasy Football League. I'm telling you that right now. Love the wow. name. Yeah. Best name out there. I think you can have them. <laughs> yeah, mark my yeah. words. Only mark my words. <laughs> Sky Moore. Keep your eyes on Sky Moore. Hey, by the way, remember when I said uh that was like a head fake. Remember when I said there were gonna be a couple of guys from the HBCUs drafted? And I th- I thought it would be Akeel Glass and Dakobe Durant. I was half right. Uh Dakobe Durant went in the fourth round to the Rams, which big which is a big deal, you know, for us. South Carolina State defensive back. So hope that works out. Um, lo- here are my losers. I'm mean, there. Are other t- there are many other teams that did great, but I, you know, I'm just trying to hit the top five or six because there's too many to cover. Um, my losers are number one, the Patriots. What wow. in the hell were the Patriots doing? Right, they trade out of the 21st slot with the Chiefs and go down to 29. The Chiefs take Trent McDuffie. The like who I said, I think is the third best cornerback. Um, the in between twenty one and twenty nine, the the if the, if the Packers, I mean if the if the Patriots had stayed pat, they could have had McDuffie, they could have had Quay Walker at linebacker, they could have had uh, your man Elam, cornerback from Florida, Milk. 
They could have had Pope's guy, Tyler Smith, the gigantic tackle from they, Tulsa. They could have got him at, at 60. Well, like they, they got <laughs> the, the Ravens then at 25 draft, the best center in, in the history of uh, football, maybe Tyler Linderbaum. They really are. Wow. 20, 26, the, the history of football. 26, the Jets take Jermaine Johnson. The Jags at 27 take Devin Lloyd. The Packers get Devontae White. And then the Patriots at 29 pick an offensive lineman. So they passed up these guys for Cole Strange out of Tennessee Chattanooga. I mean, I, I never heard of the guy. Never heard of the guy. Um, and, I mean, it's just a dumb move, bad move. I think Bill Belichick is uh, needs to be relieved of his GM duties. Rooster, I think somebody said that about the Patriots when they selected Tom Brady, you know, like I just would never second guess that Wiley dude. He, I don't know. We also thought that Mac Miller Miller was a reach. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I don't think Belichick's had a great draft in a few years. Um, I really, Mac Jones was pretty good last year. And Mac, well, was he really? There was a lot of hype. No, not really. He wasn't really that good. He took right. him to the playoffs in his rookie year. Let's talk yeah. about the commanders at, at sitting oh. at number, number 11. Womp, womp. They're sitting at number 11. And who's still on the board? Chris Olaf, Jameson Wilson, Jordan Williams. Davis, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. All these guys, right? So what do the, what do the um, commanders do? They trade down to 16 and pick... Jahan Dotson from Penn State, wide receiver, who's probably what, maybe a second round guy? Oh, I don't think so. Yes. He, he was round. pegged for the first round. He maybe, but he wasn't pegged ahead of Traylon Burks, and he certainly wasn't treg, uh, pegged ahead, ahead of Jameson Williams or from Alabama Olaf. or Olaf. I mean, if you're going to trade down for a wide receiver, not why you're taking a guy who's who's so far below them and and you didn't get much in in return i think you got like a fourth round pick for all that i, I don't it get a, it but to I me the more egregious thing to me the more egregious thing is kyle hamilton was still on the board and probably is going to be one of the top three best players of this whole draft five years what? He's a Notre Dame bias. I'm sorry, where did he go to college? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Hamilton was definitely hyped up as a good safety. I mean, you know, look. He was a lot of hype. I don't have any faith in anything the commanders do, but, you know, I mean – if you don't need the if you don't need a safety, you don't need a safety, right? I mean, that's that's the age old best player, best need, right? Biggest need. I mean, that's that's a draft philosophy you could go and criticize any team for. I mean, by your by what you're saying, Rooster, anybody after two should have taken him. Well, okay, let's let's Including take the Kyle Giants. Hamilton. Let's take Kyle Hamilton out of the equation. If you need a wide receiver, why don't you just take Jamison? Stay at eleven and take Jamison. Well, I think that I think the idea because remember they they lost a pick or they gave up a pick to get at Carson, so or there was some some trade they didn't have a third or a fourth I think this year I think they traded back by trading back five points five spots they replenished those picks I I don't know what all those sheets are you know the, have you heard about these sheets that they use to to decide what the value is of the pick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. different teams do different ones yeah. 
One of them, um, the salary cap one over the cap.com had it like as a blow away win for Washington, like over the top win. I I have no idea what those (laughs) sheets are, but, but that's what they, uh, I don't know. That's what they said. They said it was a huge win for the, for that trade, given the positions. All right. Here's, here's, well, first of all, here's another team that I just don't get is the bears. They, they, they need a new GM. They gave away the farm last year to get Justin Fields and thank, thankfully for the giants. Um, and then they don't do anything to get offensive line or wide receiver help for them this year. They drafted in later rounds. They didn't have much, they didn't have anything going on in the first round. They drafted defense. I, I don't get the bears. And to me, the te- the Texans draft was a bit of a head scratcher too. Why do you take Derek Stingley at three? Like when, I, like I said, he hasn't. He was awesome in 2019 as a freshman, and he hasn't done much since. And Sauce Gardner is sitting right there for you, who's a, a lock to be a great cornerback. You no know, risk. Rooster, no risk. I, I, I gotta say, uh, to your point about the comparison there between Stingley and Sauce, and between Walker and Hutchinson, I think there is a justifiable. SEC bias in recent drafts. Clearly, I mean, they're these these kids come from LSU and Georgia and Alabama, and they get you far in the playoffs. I mean, you know, like you can't really go wrong uh, if you're just because you know, like Bison always says, a lot of the draft is a crapshoot. So if you're gonna go with odds, odds are if you take one of the best players in the best conference the odds are he's going to work out more times than not. And I think that's where the difference is on the bias. I, I would agree if all things are equal, but when you have a serious injury that keeps when you come back from it and don't play nearly as well as you did as a freshman, then that, that gives me concern. I, I want to, I want to go back to ask Pope a question for a second though. We on uh, the commanders on Sam Howell, cause you're the North Carolina guy. Right. Get, get, I mean, a, a year ago, he was a consensus top five pick, right? I mean, everybody thought he. No, he was consensus sh- first round, probably first twenty picks. Okay, I mean, all right. If, if I think but if I you mean, go back, fell, you see a lot the, higher. He fell in the fifth round, so. I mean, fifth round. I mean, that's well. What happened well, is right, but for sure. I mean, he didn't have nearly as good a year this year as he did last year. No, uh, and you know, North Carolina obviously wasn't as good as they were last year either. Um, but of course he lost some major talent to the NFL. We, you know, the receivers and that, uh, running back, um, who played like a receiver. So he didn't have the same weapons. And, um, I, I, you know, I don't know, how do you explain somebody who was a consensus number one pick falling to number five when he comes back for his senior year? Uh, does that affect, you know, in the future, other quarterbacks like him who like, they want to come back for their senior year, but boy, the trade, the draft value went way down. Um, right. I think he's got the tools, Bison. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really follow his pro day or anything like that. So, you know, maybe he's missing, uh, missing some throws. Doesn't have the same zip in the arm that he had. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but, but he's a, he's a solid college quarterback with a good head. And, you know, I, I think that he's going to be a good backup and maybe he moves up. Yeah. I, well, question on how do you, do you think he'll provide, uh, Good hurricane coverage when he's in selling insurance. <laughs> wow! Or uh, will can I get comprehensive auto from him in a couple of years? 
he he was not good this year in a yeah. conference. Yeah, I mean, I terrible. watched a couple of his I, games. I, I, he's out of the NFL in three years. That's a but you know over under. <laughs> but you know, Bison made he made an interesting observation this weekend, and I don't know that I subscribe to it, but I I get the logic of it. And he, what he said is, and this is assumes that you have a pick in every single round, every single draft, take a quarterback. And eventually one of them will work out, even if you take one a late round, like a fifth or a sixth or seventh rounder. And given how few quarterbacks actually work out, it's not the craziest notion. I mean, they've got a good quarterback if he's healthy and they keep him in the pocket. And if he doesn't, if he, if he goes down, you try out how, if he sucks, you go into next year in a quarterback rich draft. It's not crazy. I just don't know how many picks ultimately the commanders had this year to, to be able to use up you know, one of the bullets in the chamber. Well, it's, it's hard to be critical of them taking him in the fifth round. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the odds of fifth rounders making the NFL teams are pretty low. Uh, he, he, here's what's, anyway, here's what's kind of, and, and here's what I say to the, to the notion that just because somebody's in the sec or any division, that means they're automatically good. Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, I know Trent Richardson. There's well, a whole bunch of them, but, but yeah, overall, well, yeah. I think the, the winners outpace the losers. Out. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, here's kind of what's was, sad. That was what Dallas's you, mentality when they drafted Sam Williams in the second round. Uh, you know, he was a beast at Mississippi State, and they looked past you know some potential character issues because they wanted they wanted what whatever he had going in the SEC when he had twelve and a half sacks last year. So uh, you know, clearly they're valuing the SEC uh, and going ahead and drafting him at that position. You should see um, Brian Baldinger does a great film breakdown on him. Pope, he has, says he's enormous ceiling, maybe picked a little high, but enormous ceiling on him. But, but Bison, I got to tell you, and you know, I'm the number one Carson Wentz defender. When your coach has to pick up the phone and call Carson Wentz to ease his mind, to let him know yeah. that you're taking a quarterback in the fifth round or don't worry. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the reasons to take a quarterback in the draft too. Then, right? Yeah, you got a head case. That's sensitive. You got drafted his replacement already because he's a head case. So I've talked to some. Yeah, go ahead, Rooster. I'm sorry. I have a I have a question for um, Milk and Pope since you guys actually follow college football and I don't follow it until right before the draft. Um, I follow follow the SEC. Let's. There's a chance that the Giants are drafting a quarterback next year. And one of the guys being kicked around is Will Levi from Kentucky. What's his, what's his deal? Is he any good? I think you said all you needed to say, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Quarterback. I think the last one was Tim Couch. How's he doing? Yeah, yeah. Lately. Well, is he selling insurance? So, but, but, so you take him, you take Bryce Young ahead of him, right? Bryce Young's not eligible. He's he's only going to be a sophomore next year. No, no. Well, I think sophomores are eligible next year. Only if they were redshirted. I, I mean, I think they have. I think he's. I, th- I think nope. he's eligible because I'm seeing him on some projected draft boards. Or okay. Was he redshirted or no? No, he wasn't. He was a true okay. freshman. I don't recall him being bad. In fact, I watched him. I think he beat Florida last year. So, so all right. Sorry. No, no. So I was just going to say there, there were some really, really interesting trades during the draft, um, there are a whole bunch of them, but I just want to cover a few of them that I think um, not only were they interesting trades as it relates to how the team either 
got better or got value. But I think um, it'll be interesting to see down the road who does better in the trade. The most fascinating one, of course, the Eagles had picks at 15 and 18 in the first round. And they only had to give up one of those two picks, the 18th overall pick and the 101st pick overall to get A.J. Brown. And the story there was that the Titans offered A.J. Brown $16 million per year for four years. And he ended up making $36 million more by signing with the Eagles to get $100 million, a lot of that guaranteed, which very much falls in line with what the top receivers are getting. Look, yep. after all, we all know it is now unquestionably a passing league. It is a passing league, and you know you got to have the very best wide receivers, and he's in the top five wide <laughs> receivers statistically. It's but a great here- argument for Jalen Hurts you just made. Well, here, here's what's interesting. Well, but but here, but here's the thing about Jalen Hurts, and you all can laugh about Jalen Hurts. I think you know the fact that he came in his second year, took him to the playoffs, is pretty good. He missed some throws he probably should have made. But look, AJ Brown is 24 years old. If 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 Jalen Hurts stinks this year, they bring in another quarterback, either a veteran or draft somebody else who's better than Jalen Hurts. Nick Foles is available. And, you know, you, you, you are stocked. They have so much offensive talent. Devontae Smith, Jalen, uh, uh, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goder, Miles Sanders. It's a lot of talent. But here's what's interesting. The Tennessee Titans uh, obviously weren't willing to pay for um, A.J. Brown and took the guy that the Eagles would likely have taken if they couldn't have made the trade. Traylon Burks, a pretty big receiver in his own right from Arkansas, yep. pretty highly yep. touted. Watch that over the next few years, A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks, especially because in the next few years, I doubt it's going to be Ryan Tannehill throwing to Traylon Burks. It's going to be Malik Willis. Yep. The Cardinals sent the 23rd, pick and the hundredth pick to the uh, Ravens for Marquise Brown. And we just found out just before this pod that DeAndre Hopkins has been suspended for six games Bye-bye. for, for performance enhancing drugs. And so maybe that really drove Thanks. that trade and won't appeal. Thanks. It's done. So, it. so the Ravens then traded their 23rd, the to bills. get the to the bills to get the 25th and the 30th on the 130th. So here's basically what Marquise Brown got them. For Marquise Brown, they got Tyler Lindenbaum, a center from Iowa. They already won right there. And I know it's crazy, but the best one of the very best punters, Jordan Stout from Penn State. And you know that Harbaugh is a big special teams guy. So if they're locked down for years at center and punter for a guy who's basically a, a fly route runner, Marquise Brown. Who can't I, catch the ball. I think that was a pretty good trade but, for the Ravens. And what a bad trade the for the what, but what was, the was up with 130 something? Lamar Jackson. Wasn't he like tweeting? He was like, what the fuck? And he yeah, was yeah he was a- he was not happy. He was pissed, but it turns out Marquise Brown kind of demanded that trade. Uh, this yep, is yep, this had been in the yep, works. Yep. But then how about the fact that the Vikings made an intradivisional trade 
to get the 53rd and 59th pick in exchange to the Packers, the stubborn Packers who refused to take a wide receiver in the first round, but early in the second round go up and get this very intriguing wide receiver, Christian Watson from North Dakota Dakota State University, the sleeper that Pope talked about last week. And so watch, watch the Vikings who ended up getting Ed Ingram, an inside linebacker from LSU late in the second round and Christian Watson watch those two comparisons over time. And finally, I got to say about this trade. Wait a minute. Did the Vikings wind up with Christian Watson or the Packers? The Packers got Christian Watson. Right. Yeah. The Vikings got Ed Ingram at 59. Right. But here's the thing about uh, the commanders, because I really think Bison is kind of right. Like it, you know, we can, we can say whatever we want about who won and lost the draft, but you just don't know. You don't know for a while. And I think what you have to look at in comparison over time is not so much Jahan Dotson, but I got to tell you the other thing that they got, they got the 98th and the 120th pick for five spots in addition to the, the, the 16th. So they got 11 for 16, 98 and 120. And at 16, they took Jahan Dotson a speedy poor man's Debo who will be a great punt returner, kick returner and a slot receiver, but keep your eye on Brian Robinson, Jr. The running back from Alabama. He destroyed some people during the season, ran over some people. And while I think Antonio Gibson's a really fun uh, receiving running back, I think Brian Robinson is a true power running back that if Robinson and Dotson turn out, okay, and Alave doesn't set the world on fire for the Saints, the commanders might have done okay. So those are the hot trades that I thought are of interest, particularly as we look at them down the road. Well, we'll go, wanna, let's go back to the to that commanders uh, Saints trade, because we talked about the Saints last week. I, I thought they did a really good job there. They moved down to 11. They get Chris Olave. How do you pronounce his last oh, name? Olave. 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 Get, then they go come back and they get him that uh, Trevor Penning, uh, great offensive tackle. He's then, a he's who, a mauler. That guy. Did you see who the Saints got today? Honey yeah, they got, yeah, honey they got the honey badger. Honey badger, honey badger today. And their defense is already really good. It just got really great. I thought yeah. they I thought they were I thought that was a success, successful trade for the Saints as well. Now, if only they had a quarterback. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought the I thought they, the uh, Chargers. I thought the Chargers had their eye on Trevor Penning, and they took your guy Zion Johnson. Pope, didn't you guys want Zion Johnson? Yeah, he went. We went a lot uh, way before we thought he would be on the board. Yeah. Well, I still right, don't so know. I, didn't I wanna, take. I wanna, so therefore, but, we took a second rounder in the first round. So to yeah. my point With about Jermaine the Johnson draft, there. about the draft being a crapshoot, though. Let's let's go back and look back in time for a minute, okay? And we don't have time to, way to, back to go through. Yeah, we don't have time to go through all these picks. But I'm going to read the top 10 picks starting in the 15 draft, okay? Just the top 10, all right? We've got, uh, and Milk, you're going to love this one. The number one pick in 15, Jameis Winston, Marcus <laughs> Mariota, Dante Fowler, Amari Cooper, Brandon Sheriff, Leonard Williams, Kevin White, Vic Beasley, Eric Flowers, Todd Gurley. Eric okay. Flowers, oh my God. Todd Gurley. That's, Gurley, that's, that's the, a tough That's one. the top 10. Now you go to 16. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Joey Bosa, Zeke, 
Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner, Jack Conklin, Leonard Floyd, Eli Apple. Mm. He's got twenty. Here we here we got the twenty seventeen, the first ten picks in seventeen. Miles Garrett, Mitchell Trubisky, mm. Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, Christian McCaffrey, John Ross, Patrick Mahomes. All right. Next Nathan up, played off. Good year. Next up is eighteen. Eighteen. Your your first couple picks are Baker Mayfield. Saquon, Sam Darnold, Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Rokon Smith, Mike McGlinchey, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Wow, nineteen is who I, at the time I was. I was saying the Giants should draft. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I loved Josh Rosen. <laughs> in in nineteen, it goes Kyler, Nick Bosa. The, the lesson is take a Bosa, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Quinn and Williams, Cleland Farrell, Devin White, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones right before Josh right before Allen. Josh Allen! <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, Ed <laughs> Oliver, and Devin Bush. Just a couple more here. Uh, and then in, in, what am I up to? 20? 20. 20s, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff uh, Okuda, Andrew Thomas, Tua, Justin Herbert, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, CJ Henderson, and Jedrick Willis. And then, of course, last year we have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. Uh, what, I can't remember how you say this. Uh, Penai Sewell, mm-hmm. uh, JC Horn, Patrick Sertan, Devonta Smith. Uh, and that was that was the tenth pick. So, you Very know, if you look draft. back at these, it's uh, I, I would say if you look back the at those, bag, probably forty percent have made a have made a Pro Bowl yeah. of those picks. So, you know, in the top ten picks in a draft, six out of ten of them aren't making a Pro Bowl. It's a crapshoot. I mean, we can feel like there's winners and losers, and it's exciting, and you get excited. And you know, I two mean, I think, winners right there, bro. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know what? The the odds are one of them will be good. Those yep. are the odds. The odds yep. are another one yep. of them will be a big bust. So it's a lot of fun, but man, it, it is. Uh, what what makes these guys actual studs? It's it's hard to figure out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A lot of it is. A lot of it is is um, is the team and the franchise and the organization, which is why I have no hope for Washington. Well, what what jumps out of that is is picking Tua before Herbert and and Danny Dimes before uh, Josh Allen. Wow, I don't get that one. Don't get both it. of those. Just goes yeah. to show you never pick an ACC quarterback that high until the fifth round. Wait till the fifth round. Yeah, <laughs> or just any ACC quarterback in general. Except right, for you the guys, girl. you guys got anything else on? <laughs> On the draft and Watson just can't wait for the season to start. Cannot wait. Just yeah. going to own the East. Can't wait. Oh, Lord. oh boy. Mm. Wow. All right. All right. Well, listen, we got some, uh, well, uh, well house is focused on football starting in 
in two months, three months. Uh, let's talk about some playoffs that are starting now. Milk, you're up with the NHL playoff preview. We know that you are well prepared to discuss this. Drum roll. Three Pete? Three Pete? I'm not sure what the point of having a Canadian uh, is if, if he can't get a video out to you, but um, I don't know. That's our punchable face of the week. Right. Might be. Might be. First for the Leafs since 1967 I, or a three Pete? What's it going to be? I, so I'll talk about the Leafs lightning series, but. I just want our listeners to know that we outsource the NHL preview to our Canadian <laughs> correspondent, Paul Miller in Toronto, and he couldn't figure out how to upload his video to us via email or text. Um, so we don't have any sort of analysis. He did want me to pass on that his finals is Stanley cup finals matchup is the Tampa Bay lightning versus the Colorado avalanche with Colorado winning it all. You wanted, you wanted that to know. But um, there's a lot of good series. I, I, I'll, I'll focus on, uh, I guess I'll be a homer because this is the lightning. Um, I, but I think it's a really good one. The other good series, I, I, it's really exciting, is actually yours, Nace, Caps and uh, Panthers. Yeah. So. Could be. I, I mean, Caps have such bad goaltending that I really don't have – I don't think they're going to be able to hang with – with Florida. I mean, they, I think Florida, did they lead the league in, in offense and goal scored this year? I mean, yeah. and, and we have horrible goaltending. Now the only, the only hope I have is, you know, fast playing goal scoring offenses in, in the playoffs don't always do very well. Right. By, you know, the teams that, that have the most goals scored during the regular season, aren't usually built for the playoffs. The Caps were the victim of that a lot of years where they would put up five, six goals a game, it seemed like, and they got to the playoffs and they couldn't do anything because everyone plays so much tougher. That's that's the only hope I have in that series. Well, is Ovi playing or what's up? Well, I mean, he's going to play, but, you know, yeah. he had the up, upper body upper body injury. Oh, yeah, uh, the nebulous upper body yeah, injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when he got tripped and sent into the board, so – uh, he'll play. I just don't know how healthy he could is. have six broken ribs yeah. and they wouldn't tell you. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, look, I honestly think that the winner of t- this Toronto Tampa series is going to play for the Stanley cup. Um, mm. And t- t- I'm serious. Wow. Tor- Toronto might have the best, uh, the best line in, in, in the NHL with, with Austin Matthews and, and Marner. And I, I think it's going to be bunning. And I guess Tampa is going to go up with maybe like a Kalorn, Sorelli, or it could be like a a Stammer, Cooch, Palat. But I think this Matthews-Kucherov matchup is going to be outstanding. Uh, it's going to be really good hockey. But again, when it all comes down to, and the Leafs are really good in power plays, and the Lightning are really bad in, in power plays, and they've been really wildly inconsistent this year. Like, you know, I think two weeks ago, they got blown out by Detroit, um, who's awful. And then, like, the next day they came back and beat Toronto 8-1. to one. It's just kind of one of those. But it really comes down to goaltending. And I and you've got Jack Campbell versus uh, Vassy. Uh, I don't think that's even – those two aren't even in the same ballpark. Vassie is highly uh, uh, superior to, to Campbell. He's not bad. He's done good this year. But um, – you know, I think this is they're really this is gonna be a tough test for both teams. I think this goes seven for sure. 
I'm 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 gonna say the Lightning based on experience, but man, I would not be shocked if Toronto wins the series. Uh, I could see them taking it four games to three, something like that. Uh, they're just it's gonna be tough. Austin Matthews is really really solid. Marner's awesome. And they're just I don't know. I I think the Lightning have just been. I've kind of been saying to myself, like they're just getting ready for the playoffs, but their inconsistencies are going to catch up with them. And if they can't keep up with Toronto's speed, it could get ugly uh, uh, early. So I don't know. It's it's going to be. It's going to be. You're forgetting. You're forgetting one thing, though. Toronto chokes in the playoffs. That's right. There is that factor, right? I mean, eventually, right? Eventually, you have to overcome that. They haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Okay. Well, you know, to give a little bit of credit to our Canadian correspondent, Moose Jaw Miller, uh, you know, in our first, one of our first shows this year, he previewed the NHL and predicted, sure, he said the Islanders would be in the Stanley Cup. He got that one wrong, but he predicted the Avs. Yeah, he did. And he he said, you've got to watch out for Connor McDavid, who wound up with 123 points this year to lead the NHL. So he hit that one right on the head. Good job, Miller. I'm not sure picking Connor McDavid was really out on a limb. But he, but yeah, he really but he was, he's pretty far ahead of the next closest. Um, there were two guys tied for second at 115 points. You're playing one of them. Um, Huber Dow on the uh, yeah. Panthers and then yeah. John, Johnny Gaudreau on the Flames. He's playing your team, Pope. Yeah, I think that my observation, which is fairly limited of the NHL, is that in the playoffs, unlike the other sports, the, the they're really you're in the tournament and you have a chance. Yeah, I mean, home ice doesn't mean shit in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, and you know, number seven can easily beat number two, eight can beat one, and it's not even considered that big an upset uh, because the the playoffs are so brutal. Uh, and you know, what is it? Two months that we're looking at now. Um, yeah. <laughs> whereas like in the NBA, look, we'll, we'll, we'll go there in a minute, but the top four teams in both conferences went on to the second round, yeah. uh, in, in baseball, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, wild card every now and then will pop through, but, and, and football, same thing. Ho- hockey. If you're in the tournament, you got a chance bottom line. And if you get a hot goalie, that's that's yeah. it. That yeah, can that's carry, it. That, that's that can it. carry you maker. all the way through. You're right. I mean, really, it can all the way through. That's why I You're take right. the lightning because something happens with Vasilevsky in the playoffs. Milk, the though, don't you up. think most of your team is distracted by what's going on in the Ukraine? <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Well, Paul Miller in Toronto was advocating for the Russians to be kicked out of the NHL. And it's interesting that that happened a couple days before this playoff series started. And, you know, uh, it didn't work, but he did want that to happen. He didn't Me want too. a fair fight. I'm with Miller. <laughs> All right. Well, it'll be fun. There's going to be lots of, lots of hockey talk, uh, lots of things to talk about. Anybody else have anything on NHL playoffs as they get, get teed up now? No Panthers and Claude Giroux. We'll have like 12 oh. more pods before we get a Stanley Cup winner anyway. I know. I think right. that's true. Yeah. All right, this will all yeah. finalize in the fall. We'll right. About then. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Uh, also on the, uh, the, the playoffs that go on and on and on and on and on, we have the NBA playoffs. 
Uh, Pope, why don't you give us a little update on what's going on in the NBA? Oh, I'll uh, I'll preview the the West since obviously my team uh, is finally advancing. Congratulations, man! You know, first time since 2011, finally got off the snide and, and won a playoff series since the championship of team in 11 and, and, you know, credit to Jason Kidd. Uh, Carlisle couldn't get past the first round for the last 10 years. And they, they mix it up and kid comes in and um, you know, house, he sees the brilliance in Jalen Brunson who was sitting on the bench in the Clippers game series yeah. last year. And, and now, you know, arguably Dallas has a two headed monster with Luca and JB um, that, it's going to, they're going to give the Suns uh, fits. I think I, I don't, I don't think that they're ready to win this series. I mean, the Suns were eight games better than any other team in the NBA. Uh, and if Booker is close to a hundred percent, they're, they're going to be real difficult. And I, the, the thing to watch in this series is Luca versus McCall uh, bridges and uh, Jay Crowder. Um, of course, Bridges is a teammate for Brunson from the championship teams at Villanova, and they know each other well. And he's a defensive specialist. He was second this year in defensive player of the year. Uh, and, and he is going to um, try to contain Luka, which is difficult. Now, Dallas is going to play the five and out again. Uh, they're going to you know, basically treat Aiton like they did Gobert, and they're going to try to drive, penetrate, and kick it out. And if they get hot, if Kleba... Dorian Finney and those guys, even Reggie Bullock, if they get hot from three, they can win a couple games. But I just don't think they have the team to win. And I've got the Suns in seven, and home court means a whole lot in the NBA uh, in the in this round. Um, and in the other series, uh, Golden State stole home court last night, and we were all texting. What an amazing game that was! Yeah, uh, I mean, crazy game. Clay One Thompson, of the best games of the whole season. Clay Thompson, best of times, worst of times. I mean, he hits the three to that ultimately won the game, but he missed two free throws that could have cost him the game. But Ja wasn't able to get the right angle on the on the layup. But uh, that that series, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is is going off. He had over thirty points yesterday. Can he keep it up? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Memphis. I, I know they're the two seed, but I I really think now, especially with home court. I think I think the Warriors take this in six, um, and I, I like Memphis. I just don't think this is their year. Um, so, from that standpoint, I think Steph, the Splash Brothers, Draymond Green's going to play with a chip on his shoulder the rest of the series. So, um, I, I I give the edge to the Warriors. What do you guys think? What do you? The grizzled vets. It's the grizzled vets versus the up and comers, right? Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think about the chances that the Mavs learn to play? with Brunson and Luca at the same time where Brunson isn't completely, you know, just giving him, giving himself over to Luca. So Brunson plays great when Luca's hurt and then Luca comes back and Brunson, Brunson takes such a backseat that he's less of a factor. And you mentioned it's the key is going to be Luca versus, and you name like four guys. That's exactly right. Their offense is Luca dribbling, 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 dribbling around the top of the key, and then figuring out a way to do a step back three? Well, and I think or, the defenses have gotten so much and better. Pass. Yeah, penetrate but the defenses have gotten so much better that you can't do all ISO. Your whole offense can't be ISO I, with one guy. I agree, and I think they got a little bit stale against the Jazz because Jazz played horrible defense. Oh, the Jazz are terrible, right? And so, um, yeah, I would love to see, and, and this is. Can can kid figure out how to keep Luca 
and Brunson on the court at the same time and, and but make them both threats. I, I would love to see Brunson carry the ball uh, down court and maybe, you know, get a passing lane and go in. Uh, he, he's been able to drive when Luca was out. He was he was getting the foul, going to the line. Uh, and he, he just made their team better. I mean, I, I think if they can thrive together, they'll be tough. The Nets wound up getting swept with the best player in the league on their team and Kyrie Irving because their whole offense is everybody stands around and watches KD do ISO. And the, and the Celtics defense is too good for that. Well, this is where I want to pick up as we go over to the East is exactly something you're talking about here, Rooster, because I think while the Golden State and their run over the last several years has been a gift to the NBA, I think in many ways they've destroyed the NBA offense. It's uh, yesterday, Golden State, uh, in that game between the two teams, them and the Grizzlies made 30 points from three. And so everything, most NBA off offenses right now are just, and Pope said the same thing really about Dallas, just keep jacket around the perimeter. Maybe someone gets open to drive, but otherwise, sh you know, shoot up a three. Did you ever hear the word five and out or the phrase five and out before the, I mean, this year five and out is what both, most teams are playing. But I think whether it's that's the actual terminology used or whatever, this is this is what the Splash Brothers begat in the NBA is just jacking up threes and making possessions as quickly as possible. I think what surprised me yesterday was Milwaukee has figured out a different way to play exactly. the game. Oh, my God. Milwaukee is not playing that game. And I, you know, look, I still think the Celts can pull this off. And last week I said, Celts, they blew me away. I bought it, what they were selling in the first round. And I thought they were the eventual champ, but Milwaukee talk about grizzle playoff veterans. Yeah. They're not just move it around the perimeter. That ball is in motion in a lot other ways of freeing up, not just Giannis to go down the lane, but other players on the team as well. I think the Bucks Celts will remain a great series. I ha I think you have to keep an eye on um, how injured Marcus Smart is. He looks a little gimpy right now. He's, yeah, he's hurt. I think while Al Horford was impressive in the first round, I think he's a little long in the tooth to keep up with Giannis anymore. And I just don't, I don't think they have any answer for Giannis. I, I, I don't. And I, I know you heard, you guys heard me last year and I was one to say Greek yogurt and everything like that, but Giannis is unbelievable. He, he I don't know, you know, and beat obviously when he's healthy, but I don't know of a player that can take over. He's, he's gotten stronger like since last year. He's stronger, stronger and stronger and beat the daylights out of the Celtics. It was crazy. So I, I think that's, I think, I do think that series is going to go seven. I'm, I'm probably going to flip flop and say the, the Bucks veteran experience from last year will carry them. I, agree. Uh, I, I would have said with a healthy Embiid, I could go on and on about that situation, but look, he didn't uh, even make the trip, right? He did not make the trip the first two games. Mm. Um, however, what, you know, some folks are saying is if that was a serious, serious orbital fracture and facial fracture, he would have had to have surgery right away. The fact that he didn't have surgery means that he can probably play with the mask. And now he's got to get through the concussion, uh, you know, symptoms, but look, you signed Tobias Harris to a max contract. 
you're going to sign James Harden, probably resign him to a max contract. And he's a former, you know, he's a top 75 all-time player and he's a former MVP. Like this is what you guys got those, got those guys for at the end of the day. I don't think the combination of Paul Reed, Deandre Jordan and Paul Millsap at center is going to do anything for you. These next two games, I think they're going to be in a big hole down 2-0, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to steal one from Miami. You know, Kyle Lowry's out tonight. Yeah, they need to steal this one. They need to steal this one, and we'll see what – I mean, I think Jimmy was just – they had games to play with with Atlanta. That's why he didn't play in game five. But Jimmy Butler is as good as a fourth-quarter closeout player that there is in the NBA. He's an incredible perimeter defender, and the Sixers do rely on that same Golden State-type offense where they're jacking up. But they've got Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo. Uh, I, I just think there's too much there. I actually think they pull off this uh, without Embiid. I think they pull this off in five or six games. And I think a, a Heat Bucks uh, final would be awesome. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. The Sixers are going to go small ball and and they're going to try to get Maxi and Toby and Harden to step up. Alice is, is uh, I mentioned it on a text earlier. Uh, it, is Doc getting any blowback for having Embiid in for 29 points up with three minutes in the game? A ton. I mean, I mean that there's is some. Just- There's some people, look, Doc says that you can literally see his, him mouthing it on the film. We're calling, after Embiid scored, he says, we're calling a timeout after this next possession. What about five minutes left? They're up by 27. He he claims all the players were on the floor. There's still five minutes to go in the game. Um, You know, it was fire versus fire, five on five. And then the other side will say, look, you cannot expect coaches to be clairvoyant. The only one thing to blame for that injury is Siakam's elbow. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very, very unfortunate. I, like I said last week, I want to see all these NBA teams healthy, all of them. I think, I think the NBA's best product is when you're seeing the superstars yeah. go against one each other. It would when, have been an incredible series. When, when Embiid, he, I can't remember if he dunked or he, he obviously scored and he came down the court and he has doing the flying wing thing and, you know, uh, going in and out. He should have called a timeout then and got him the fuck out of there because the, the Toronto, you know, fans were booing him and yelling at him. And it was just a bad circumstance. He should not have been in there, period. You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't think that you'd have the uh, the coach who who won a who won a uh, uh, round as one of your losers, but, but boy, you gotta, you gotta figure doc is, is a loser from the first round, huh? We'll see if he, if he, um, you know, if he wants to really get the monkey off his back, uh, it will take great coaching by doc for them to be, if they steal one of these two games and Embiid can come back and be 75% of himself for game three. Yeah. Doc is, uh, it would have been Doc's coaching most likely that got them there. Yeah. Well, has there yeah. been a number one seed like Miami with so little respect? I mean, no, I, I know, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, those four teams were within a half game of each other for most of the last part of the season. Uh, and it was like, you know, who's going to get number one? It doesn't really matter. But the, I just don't think the Heat are getting the respect, especially Celts and, uh, and Bucks. I mean, it's kind of, preordained the winner of that series is going to the finals shows you what a good coach Spolster is because oh, their, no ta- their talent is not even close to the bucks town yeah the best can we um can we bury brooklyn like just bury that team now pope's nets 
Pope's, Pope's <laughs> already moved on from them. He's already moved on from them. <laughs> yes, I've moved on yeah. to my own team. He's got a new. Yeah. He's got a new second, second favorite team. I mean, you know, listen. What what, what happens to Steve team? Nash? Right, he's gone. Boy. I think he's gone. Well, Kyrie already announced he's going to co-coach the team next year. Didn't Ridiculous. He? <laughs> That's always good. Ridiculous. I don't think you resign him. If you're Brooklyn, I do not think you resign him. <laughs> no. Um, and and Dude, I have Nash to tell or Kyrie. You, Kyrie, Kyrie, and 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 I got to tell you, um, that last game, maybe he was just a beaten man. KD did not look himself as a player. No, you're right. Yeah, they're down three zero. I mean, no team's ever oh, come yeah. back from he's that. The, it's, it's the first time I've ever seen KD look like he wasn't driven to try to win the game. Yep. Well, and KD, you know, now you got to look at this and and you really say, okay, his title came. With Golden State, with Steph and and Clay and Draymond. piling on, I mean, now you know KD wanted to leave there and go win on his own so that he he didn't have that little you know asterisk or whatever you want to call it. And now it's just it's like a bolded asterisk, right? I mean, now you've you've got the proof that he's not he's not the guy. He can't win it on his own. Oh, uh, he's, he's still the he guy. Would, he thought he would be LeBron, and he would just like going to Miami and putting together you know the yep. dream team. He thought he could do that in New Jersey. And, yep. you know, but for the fact his shoe size is one half size too large, he probably would have done it last year. The Knicks will take him in a heartbeat and, and Jill and Brunson can feed him the ball. He'll be just fine. Well, I was going to say, dream on, <laughs> Brewster, dream if, on. If, if, if the Nets have half a brain, they will take KD and Kyrie at peak value and trade them and say, we'll rebuild again. They're just, they're not as close as they think, and they could still get a King's ransom for those two. Yeah. Any other losers? Uh, Quinn round? Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Oh, the Jazz franchise. Good Paul Lord. Miller franchise. Oh, Quinn, Paul, Quinn, Paul Miller tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Miller. Yeah, the I mean, Jazz. Quinn, yeah, the Jazz are falling apart. Danny, huh? Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge is the GM who put that team together. House, yeah. I don't know the free agent. I don't follow the NBA, obviously, as you guys know. So I don't know free agency <laughs> rules. But could the Sixers sign Simmons at this point to help out? With <laughs> Maybe you should bring him back. That's funny. A- a- he, a- look, Angel tear that team apart in a heartbeat. He doesn't, he, he doesn't hesitate to do that. Just so you know, Milk, uh, Ben Simmons is going to be selling insurance with Sam Howell. So. <laughs> oh, geez. Buying some hey, Howell and Simmons sounds like a good uh, insurance agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right there. Uh, you except, Simmons, <laughs> except Simmons is not going to do any work. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so funny. They're going to sell designer sweaters and they'll just model them <laughs> sitting yeah. in the store. Oh, God. Well, all right. So I feel like we've just entered the punchable face of the week category. So why don't we just go? Who's got a punch? Who's got a punch? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Someone's Somebody? got one. Someone's got one. Well, hell, okay. I'll I'll punch yeah, the NBA, one. I'll punch the NBA refs and Secaucus and wherever else they try to beam <laughs> in and figure out uh, <laughs> what happened on flagrant fouls because you know, look, the Warriors won, and I guess it's karma. But uh, that foul that Draymond Green did 
uh, on Brooks. I mean, he he grabbed his jersey. Yeah, okay, it's a flagrant one, and he tried to help him, you know, protect him as he's going down. Right. And 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 Rooster, to your point, I think they said that he hit him in the face, but it was somebody else who hit him. Somebody in the else face. on the somebody else on the Warriors actually slapped the offensive player in the face, and then right. Drayvon grabbed his shirt as he's falling down, as if to try to keep him from doing a face plant. Right. And then, and then the ref explained the reason he got a flagrant too is because he hit him in the face. I mean, it, there wasn't one commentator, you know, the special guy they've got who makes the Steve Javi or whoever it is said, no, it's, it's a flagrant one. And, and, and in the playoffs, you know, you're supposed to protect the players on, on situations like that. And you just don't kick somebody out in a, in a game with that, that type of first intensity. Half. I mean, this yeah. is nuts. First was half nuts. was it was nuts, and and the fucking NBA refs better get it together and stop putting the thumb on the scale of these games. These are great playoffs. Let them fucking play. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a punch. That's a good punch. That's Oof. a deserved punch. They were certainly letting Brilliant. them play in the Bucks Celtics game. I mean, there was not a play where some Celtics guy didn't go flying to the floor. I mean, they were really getting the bullied. It was yeah. embarrassing. It was embarrassing for them at the garden. Well, even even the uh, even the uh, the rest of the Golden State Memphis game, it seemed like someone was on the floor every every time they came. I mean, it wasn't like they they turned that game into a clean, you know, cleanly played affair after they threw Draymond out. Right? It still was. It was just bananas. The game was frenetic. So good punch, Pope. I like that one. All right. So I got a maybe. Slap. Oh, a slap. I've done oh. this like two weeks in a row now. So I don't want to start this like slap in the face trend, but can I, I'm just sick and tired of like I understand that the NFL is trying to turn the draft into this like big deal, but it's just like it's getting a little too much. There's too much like shit going on. Like I don't need to see like guys spinning in the air trying to escape straight jackets. Like it's cool that Ice Cube's there, whatever. Like, just hey, if you put Jerry like, Jones in a straight jacket, I would that'd be entertaining. Right. Can we just like pick guys? And does that have to be three days? I don't know. It's just they're turning it into this. It's getting too much, and it's, they need to just settle it down a little bit. It's probably huge ratings. Yeah. No, actually, well, so they had ten million on Thursday night, which was down twenty percent from the year before, and the COVID year. Uh, 2020, it was 15 million. So they're they're going the wrong direction. Just right. Just pick. Come on, get pick the guys. I thought that I thought the outdoor atmosphere hurt them some. The acoustics were bad, and plus they just need to get somebody other than Roger Goodell. He's getting old. Oh, yeah. that act it's is so getting old. awkward too. It's that's just a, that's, a, that's a punchable face in the week in and of itself, right. right there, Roger Goodell. Every time one of those players goes up, oh boy, where's the draft next year? Hugs, uh, it's I, so think, I, I think there was a situation where they would we already get past that it, point where Cleveland lost and it was going back Cle- to Cleveland. Is it in Cleveland? I was gonna say I think I it's think in it, Cleveland. Yeah, something like that. I think oh, it's in God. Cleveland. God. All right, well listen, uh good punches, uh and a slap. Milk open hand, open fist <laughs> Uh let's do a uh, slightly tarnished <laughs> Ted Lasso moment. Yep. Actually, it's at, it's in Kansas City. I just Kansas City. My ah, source is indicated. Right. I got a couple quick lassos. Uh, you know, if you guys um, 
saw the story of Chris Nolan on the Jets this weekend. It's awesome. He's a area scout. And if, if you're an area scout for any professional sports team, that means you're eating crappy fast food on the road, living out of uh, a small suitcase, going to like godforsaken universities and writing up spreadsheets till three in the morning and, uh, and getting no credit and no spotlight. But in the fourth round of the draft this weekend, Chris Nolan pounded the table and said, this guy's available. This guy's available. And the guy was Max Mitchell uh, taking it round four, pick 111 from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And uh, by the way, their coach was Milk, who was the Louisiana Cajuns, Raging Cajuns coach. Yes, the what? That, that would you be just Billy, talked about it. That, that oh, would be Napier. Billy, yeah, yeah, Billy, yeah, yeah, Billy yeah. Napier. Yeah. So yeah. Napier coached this great offensive lineman named Max Mitchell, 6'6", 307, and Chris Nolan scouted him. So Joe Douglas, who's just an awesome guy, he left the Eagles in 2019. He built the Eagles Super Bowl team, and uh, the Eagles tried to keep Chris Nolan at that time, and Joe Douglas said, no, I want this kid to come with me. And when it was time to make the phone call to the player, that always comes from the GM or the coach. And Joe Douglas let Chris Nolan make the call. So you guys got to watch this video of the scout calling the player and then saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, well, I want to let you know that we're taking you here in the pick. And he's like, are you excited about it? And uh, Mitchell says, yeah. And he goes, Nolan says, yeah, I'm excited about it, too. It's the first time I've ever done something like this. And the whole Jets room, like, stands <laughs> up in the classroom. It was pretty cool just That's to cool. have that. That was a good one. And the other the other real quick one is I got to give a shout out. Sorry, this is going to hurt a little bit, Milk. But I got to give a shout out to Jameis Winston oh, God. and J.R. Smith. Jameis Winston has made $55 million in the NFL. J.R. Smith okay. has made $90 million in the NBA over 16 years. J.R. Jameis Winston left Florida State in 2015. He had no reason to do anything whatsoever still with his academic career and just cash checks as a bad quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or whoever else he was with. But Jameis Winston kept up with his school and this past weekend walked in Tallahassee and got his degree from FSU and J.R. Smith uh, after going on a trip with Ray Allen to the Dominican Republic, Ray Allen said, you know, you should get your college degree. And J.R. Smith enrolled at North Carolina A&T and HBCU. Not only that, he was able to get college eligibility to play as a golfer on their golf team. He's actually a half-decent golfer. He got an NIL deal, Lululemon's first NIL oh, deal. God. For, for, for golf, for men's golf. And J.R. Smith in his freshman year got a 4.0 and was the academic athlete of the year at NCA&T. And I think both those guys, that's pretty cool. That's a good hey, lasso good moment. And he's, come, and he's come out and shared about some mental health issues. I mean, he's become a real advocate and spoken out against the lifestyle he used to lead. No, give James some love. Hold your nose. You could do it. <laughs> you can do it. Just hold your nose. You can take a shower after. We can uh, change. Uh, we can change your diaper after. Kudos to, J- kudos to Jameis Winston for thinking about his future. He, um, it's he's gonna whatever he's gonna need a college degree to get a job in a couple of years, and I, I think he's doing the the right thing. 
He can buy. He can buy an Alaskan crab leg uh, franchise. Great job. <laughs> I don't think you need a college degree to sell insurance, but I might be wrong. Oh boy! All right, I, anybody? I, I, I've got a late entry. So, what's okay. the third? The third goalie in the NHL is is what? The e-bug. E-bug. Emergency e-bug. The e-bug. So the Stars and Ducks in the season finale, the Ducks' first two goalies went down for injuries. And so the Stars, you know, they had the backup goalie. He's required to be in the stands. This guy, Thomas Hodges, 28 years old, never played in the NHL, obviously. He's just, you know, a club guy. He's eating a hot dog when they come up to him and they tell him that he's required to be down in the dressing room to prepare to play to play goalie in the third period. Well, he kept his outfit, his goalie outfit and club stuff, whatever, out in the car. So he had to go out into the parking lot at the double AC and grab his, his, uh, his gear and run back in, run to the ducks, uh, dressing room, you know, put on the gear, gets out there third period. Uh, he gives up the, the winning goal on a power play. It wasn't his fault. Uh, he stopped two out of three shots. And, and after the game, he goes back into the ducks, uh, dressing room and they give him a water celebration, spray him with water. So what a great story for just a fan eating a hot dog. That's a good one. Yeah. That, like that it. was fun. Like We've seen that a couple times in the last few years, and it, yep. it never gets old. It never gets old. All right, anybody got anything else? To wrap it up. Bison, Yankee, about, Yankees, nine it? straight, nine straight. Big My, matchup tonight with the Blue Jays. Yeah, Miami, Miami. What about Miami? Miami F one. Yeah, Come that's on. it. this is the week. Is Mercedes going to make a comeback? I don't know. It looks like uh, this is Verstappen's to to lose. I think it's just going to be a Uh, fairly fast, fairly fast course. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat the Red Bull. We're going to need a local correspondent report from you at the track. See what we can do. We'll see See what we can do. Will Buxton on as a guest next week. Yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work (laughs) on it. I still didn't get my, my, uh, my press credentials haven't come through yet. So I'm a little disappointed. All right, guys. Have a good week, everyone. Go Lightning. Go Sixers. Go Stars. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, 
and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison-Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.